Hi, I'm Andrea. I'm Claudia. And we're the Judgy Crime Girls. Welcome. Uh, hello and welcome. It's sweater weather. Not quite. I mean, it is for you, not for me. You know, it was such a beautiful weekend, but I was all pissed off that I had to turn on the air again because it got too hot. Oh, my gosh. I'm driving Kenny crazy because I have the AC on, but then I will turn my fireplace on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like you, but I just constantly all day I'm throwing on sweaters and then taking them off. But honestly, I was wrapped up in a case that I could not walk away from. Same. So I just kept going outside with Coco and we would run around and then I'd come back in. Mm-hmm. And Coco keeps me on my toes, man. Yeah, she probably will be for the next couple of years at least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I ran into an old high school friend at mm-hmm. the Pioneer Festival this weekend and it was so good to see him and he was like, Oh my gosh, congratulations on your podcast. Aww. And it was so nice. It's so funny because I just sit here and talk to you and mm-hmm. I don't even think about people actually listening. Right, <laughs> especially funny. people we know. And speaking of people listening, we want to give a quick shout out to our new subscriber, Mark. Hello, welcome. Thank you so much. Mark, you're amazing and we're so <laughs> glad you're with us. He gave us a very nice shout out on Instagram today. So that was super sweet. Love it. Thank you, Mark. We love the shout outs. (laughs) Well, today is our public case that you have for us, right? Mm -hmm. And for facts and snacks, we have Ruffles potato chips. Yeah. And she's got this Coke with her, a can of Coke Mm -hmm. that is as red as her fingernails. (laughs) today. I love it. Brings my tan out that I don't have, that I think I have. (laughs) But I don't. I hear you there. I know I don't have one anymore. I wish I did. Mm -hmm. Long gone are those days. Well, we have our snack and our fact for today is in memory of National Day of Remembrance for Murder Victims, Yeah, which was Monday on the 25th. I have a fact for you. And the percentage of females murdered by an intimate partner was five times higher than for males. So by comparison, about 6% of the 17,970 males murdered that year in 2021 were victims of an intimate partner. And overall, 76% of female murders and 56 of male murders were perpetrated by someone known to the victim. To me, it seems unreal But it's so true. It's Mm -hmm. someone you are very, very close to. Yeah. But, you know, interesting was a larger percentage of male, 21%, were murdered by a stranger than females, which was only 12%. Ooh. So did you see there was breaking news today that in Indianapolis, police accidentally let an accused serial killer go? You have got to be kidding me. No. Police were fired over it. I mean, he was on death row? He was accused. Accused. Okay. Right. I saw it as a live 
on Facebook today, but they waited six days to tell the public. <gasps> was he roaming around free? He walked out of there? So it was a murder suspect accidentally released from jail in Indiana, and police kept quiet about it. And that was NBC News. That was five <gasps> days ago. His name is Kevin Mason. Huh. $10,000 reward offered after he was accidentally released from our Indiana jail. The manhunt is on. That was posted two days ago on ABC. Okay, if there's no update, then he is still on the loose. Right. <gasps> oh, my God. Now it says that they believe he fled Indy. So he could be in Fort Anywhere. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. And we don't know if he did it or not, but still... Mm -hmm. It's pretty terrible that they just let him go. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a mistake you don't want to make. Well, it really makes me mad that they kept quiet about it. Yeah. For days. Not just like 24 hours or anything. Right. Like for days. That's awful. That is terrible. So that's real life worries. Make sure you lock your door at night. So what you got for us today? So I'm going to circle back to what we talked about during Facts and Snacks about the National Day of Remembrance for murder victims. So Robert and Charlotte Hollinger from Cincinnati, Ohio, formed parents of murdered children after their 19-year-old daughter Lisa was murdered on September 25, 1978 in Hamburg, Germany while she was there on a work-study program. But 20 years later, Gloria Gomez was murdered pretty much the same way by the same guy. Oh my goodness. Now what was that that they founded? It's called Parents of Murdered Children. Okay. And I will post a link to that and tell you a little bit about it. Wow, that's really cool that they yeah. did that. And they founded that not long after Lisa's murder. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So in 2007, Congress actually designated September 25th as the National Day of Remembrance for Murder Victims. The purpose of this event is to focus on the impact of murder on families and communities and ways to support and serve survivors. And today, I'd like to honor the memories of Lisa and Gloria. Love that. I'm going to start out by reading you an ad that was placed for pen pals on the internet. Hi, I'm Bill. I'm a compassionate, six foot two, 200 pounds, athletic guy who enjoys Mediterranean food, the poetry of Keats and Kafafi, and Baroque music. What is Kafafi? It's probably Kafafi, and I said Kafafi. Kafafi and Keats, they're poets from way back in the day. All right. Sounds kind of harmless, right? Well, Bill conveniently left out that he was a twice convicted murderer sitting on Florida's death row. <gasps> and his name was William Coday. So 40-year-old William Coday lived a quiet life of a scholar. He spoke six languages and held degrees in history, literature, and library science. As a librarian in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, he was known to be kind and helpful. But you can't always 
judge a book by its cover. Oh, uh-huh, see what I did there? <laughs> when Koday failed to show up for work one day, a concerned colleague looked for him at his apartment, only to discover the body of Gloria Gomez. Gloria Gomez had moved to Fort Lauderdale from Columbia, and she met Koday, who was at the time twice divorced, at the Broward County Library as she was checking on her immigration status. He worked there as a foreign languages librarian and impressed her with his almost fluent Spanish and his eagerness or willingness to help her. Koday and Gloria were in an on-again, off-again intimate relationship from January 1996 to June 1997. And in early June of 97, they had an argument in which he accused her of having an affair with another man. And after this argument, she broke off contact with him and moved out of his apartment in Fort Lauderdale, and she moved in with some friends in Miami. So for over a month, he attempted repeatedly to reconcile with her and stalked her, but he could never get her alone. Desperate to contact her, he left an urgent message with her family friend stating that he was going to be hospitalized. And in response, she called him that evening. And during the conversation, he lied to her and told her that he had cancer. (gasps) And Gloria made the mistake of believing him. And she promised to visit him on Friday, July 11th, 1997, between 10 a.m., and 11 a.m. So she gets to his home around 1 p.m. on July 11th, and he was already pissed because she was late. She said she'd be there between 10 and 11. They first discussed his medical situation, but then Koday shifted the focus of their conversation to his desire to have her back. He led her into his bedroom where the conversation continued, And when she told him that she did not love him in the way that he thought and that she had to get the rest of her things from his apartment, he flew into a rage and he punched her. Oh, my goodness. Now, this is going to get gruesome. He then picked up a hammer and struck her, causing her to fall. And while in the process of hitting her again, he lost his balance and he fell on top of her. So she managed to grab the hammer out of his hand. However, he found another hammer What in his bedroom. It was premeditated. He already had it there. You can tell me whatever you want. Right. So he found another hammer and continued hitting her. Mm. Koday then went into the kitchen, retrieved a knife, and started stabbing her. Finally, he drove the knife into her throat and held it there until she died. Oh, my God. The cause of death was multiple blunt and sharp force trauma injuries. Now, this is where it's going to get gruesome. According to the medical examiner who performed the autopsy, there were 144 wounds inflicted on her. Oh. 57 of which were blunt force trauma injuries consistent with being hit by the flat and the claw side of the hammer. The remaining 87 wounds were sharp force wounds consisting 
of 41 stab wounds, like the wounds were deeper than they were long, and 46 incise wounds, which means they were longer than they were deep. That is like an animal. Mm -hmm. How terrifying. And to think that she came there with an innocent, pure heart. And, you know, a lot of people don't have it in them to say and care enough to say, look, I don't love you the way you love me to their face, Mm -hmm. which she like did everything right. She sure did. She had multiple defensive wounds on the palms of her hands and on her arms from blocking the blows and grabbing the weapon. The medical examiner testified that she was alive for all but one of the 144 stab wounds and hammer blows. The brutality of the attack, coupled with her defensive wounds and her movements and blood spatter, suggested that she knew she was fighting for her life and she was aware of her impending death. This is one of the most horrific deaths Mm -hmm. you've talked about to me. Yeah. She was awake for all of it, except the final one when he put the knife in her neck. So when Koday failed to show up for work following the murder, like I mentioned earlier, a concerned colleague looked for him at his apartment and found the body of Gloria Gomez, and Koday was nowhere to be found. That's because he fled to Europe. But three months later, he came back and went to his ex-wife's apartment in New York, and a woman actually called the police and told them that there was a man staying at her friend's house who is wanted for murder. So the police go to his ex-wife's house, and he was arrested. Do you think he learned all of these languages just like that was part of his plan? So he could just go to any country, blend right in. Mm, I don't know. I mean, some people have a genuine interest in languages. Some people do like to travel. I don't know if that was his intent, per se, but he was super smart, though. I mean, he was very, very well-educated. I think you're most likely a killer because you have... No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. (laughs) But no, six languages is a little overboard. It's almost like you are at this point obsessing about it. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. He is incredibly smart, maybe a side hobby, and it's just loves to learn it. Mm -hmm. But also, he's clearly using it to his advantage immediately after a murder. So anyway, he was arrested and he confessed. In fact, he actually wrote a 205-page manifesto to Gloria that described the murder and his obsession with her. And on the last page, he claimed that he didn't remember his fatal attack on her. And he wrote, I don't remember anything else, dear Gloria. Only returning to my senses, looking down, seeing me there on top of you, the knife plunged deep into your throat and blood everywhere, you crying out, why, Bill, why? So he went to trial, and now the jury had the responsibility of deciding whether it was a crime of passion, temporary insanity, maybe caused by childhood trauma, or was this 
premeditated. Now, nobody denied or argued his guilt in murdering Gloria. He confessed, and there was plenty of evidence establishing that the murder was premeditated and not committed in the heat of passion. And the evidence shows that on July 10th, the day before the murder, Coday booked a flight which was scheduled to leave from New York to Paris, France on July 12th, the day after the murder. On July 10th, also the day before, he withdrew $6,000 from his bank account and bought $2,000 worth of traveler's checks. Now, that's premeditated. He thought about it. Yes. But what the jury didn't hear was that Coday committed practically the same crime 20 years prior to murdering Gloria. Oh, that's so sickening. And this will really make you sick. (laughs) Were they not allowed to bring it up at the trial? They were not. I hate it. Infuriating. Absolutely hate it. Okay. So back in 1978, Lisa Hollinger was a smart, attractive 19-year-old exchange student visiting Germany. She loved to play tennis, the violin, and she was involved in the campus Christian fellowship at Miami University. She was an A student who was interested in foreign cultures and languages, and she also had a very down-to-earth personality about her. She was loving life and living life. So Koday and Lisa first met in Germany as part of an American field service program during Lisa's senior year of high school. So after their return to the U.S., she went back to Cincinnati and he went back to St. Louis, but they began dating and writing letters to each other and discontinued for about a year and a half. And during this time, both were accepted by the University of Cincinnati for a work-study program the following year in Hamburg, Germany, which is actually not very far away from where I am. And sometimes we will go there on weekend to hang out in Hamburg. It's just a beautiful city. Wow. But through letters, phone calls, and visits, Lisa started seeing that this relationship would never work, and she broke it off. He was very obsessive and possessive of her. When she next saw Bill six months later in Hamburg, he begged her to take him back, and she again refused to continue their relationship. Coday lured her to the house where he lived by telling her he just wanted to have a heart-to-heart. And when she told him she didn't love him, he went into the basement of the home where he was living, grabbed a hammer from the toolbox, returned to the bedroom, and beat her repeatedly over the head until she became unconscious. Although still alive and rushed to the hospital... Lisa never regained consciousness, and she died 13 days later in a Hamburg hospital. That's so sad. Now, this is what really pissed me off. It made me so mad. William Coday was convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to three years in a German prison. (gasps) But he only served 16 months of that. That very much surprises me. Yeah. Wow. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. The German court reduced the charge to manslaughter because he 
had no criminal record, and deeply regretted committing the crime. Was he, like here in the States, and they test you to see if you were insane or not? They don't do that over there? They do. Okay. I'm just wondering, you know, if he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just lost my sanity. Nothing like that. I can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry. I feel terrible. So after 16 months, they let him out. And after being released, he returned to the United States with absolutely no criminal record. He went back to college, obtained several degrees, married twice, and settled in New York. He is the real-life you from Netflix. (gasps) Yeah. Joe. Yeah, Joe. Joe. (laughs) He's the real Joe. Yeah. So only just two months after Lisa's death, Charlotte, Lisa's mom, contacted Father Ken Schillinger, a Catholic priest who was working in the field of bereavement. He was able to put the Hollingers in touch with three other parents in the greater Cincinnati area whose children have been murdered. And in December 1978, just three months after Lisa's death, the Hollingers opened their home to meet with these parents. And from this humble beginnings of just those few parents, including themselves, the Hollingers' determination to survive and help others grew into the national organization known as Parents of Murdered Children. Sadly, in 1997, the Hollingers relived some of their devastation when they learned that Coday had moved to Florida and had again murdered a woman who was breaking up with him. And this time, he was found guilty of murder, and on July 26, 2002, he was sentenced to death. Lisa's parents... Back in 1978, were unable to attend Coday's trial in Germany, but they did attend the trial in Florida to represent Gloria's family. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Years of appeals followed, and during that time, he placed that pen pal ad I read in the beginning on an anti-death penalty website. Okay. But on April 28, 2008, Cody was found dead in his cell. Although a report hasn't been released, prison guards who were at the scene say he bled to death from a self-inflicted wound. I always wonder about that because they don't really give those people anything. But who knows? Well, they don't really mingle with anybody on death row. No. So I do have a couple websites. If there are any listeners maybe going through this horrific experience of losing a child to murder, you can go to pomc.org forward slash resources dash two. And that's the Parents of Murdered Children website. Or you can go to globaljusticerc.org forward slash parents of murdered children. And they provide an ongoing emotional support needed to help parents and other survivors facilitate the reconstruction of a 
new life Mm -hmm. and to promote a healthy resolution. And not only does Parents of Murdered Children help survivors deal with their acute grief, but also help with the criminal justice system. Oh, nice. And they have all kinds of resources on their website. Wow, what a legacy that they gave to their daughter. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. I love the community part of it where it's there's just so much support and power in that. I love that. Yeah, that's very interesting. Very sucky of Germany, Claudia. I'm sorry. It's awful. Like, (laughs) yeah, terrible. I hope that they change that soon. That's very brutal, awful murder. Both of them. Yeah. Children especially are just so hard. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I cannot. (laughs) You know, I just cannot. Oh, I know. I know. But when it's murdered children, it doesn't always necessarily mean they're little. I mean, if my kids are 20 and 28, I would... Yeah. Join that group too. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Good case. I'm so glad you shared that, especially for this week. That was perfect. Yeah, it's been weighing on me. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) All right. Well, definitely, if you guys loved Claudia's sharing of this case and feel compelled to do so, run over to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It totally helps us grow and give us feedback. We absolutely love it. Send us an email, judgycrimegirls at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Stay sassy. Stay judgy. And stay tuned in with the Judgy Crime Girls every other Wednesday. Okay, we love you. Bye. Bye.